and welcome to this week's Reorg podcast, where we will be taking a look at McLaren's new bond and the German real estate company Corstate, which will have to address 500 million euros in maturities in 2022 and 2023. My name is Sean Kureshi, and I am a legal analyst in Reorg's Europe office. Today, I'm joined by senior reporter Aurelia Seldhofer and financial analyst Patrick Swade. Hi, Aurelia. Some advisors and some investors are taking a look at Corstate, a German real estate company. They have two bonds, a 200 million euro convertible due 2022 and a 300 million euro unsecured note due 2023. Now, both are currently quoted in the mid 80s, which would indicate some level of stress. Aurelia, what are people concerned about here? Hello, Sean. I think the reason why bonds are quoted at stressed levels is because people have doubts over whether the company can execute its strategy to repay the 200 million convertible and then address the maturity of the 300 million unsecured bond, which is due in 2023. And what is the company's strategy to address these maturities over the next two years? Well, so management told investors that it plans to generate about 118 million through the repayment of short-term bridge loans the company has made. Some of these short-term bridge loans were made into Corestate's mezzanine lending business, and the company expects this to flow back during the rest of the year. An additional 100 million will be generated by the sale of assets and co-investments, the company said. And with that money, the company wants to repay the 200 million convertible. Of course, before the company repays this bond, it would also have to have a plan in place for the 2023 bond. So an obvious choice would be to refinance it, for example. But the company said it is considering all options at the moment. What problems do people see with this strategy? Do people think refinancing the 2023 bond wouldn't be possible? Well, this is hard to predict, of course, but people have highlighted that If the short-term bridge loans are repaid, the company will also lose a source of income. And the same can be said of selling assets or co-investments. And additionally, some people are not so confident about investor appetite for a new bond by Corestate. And then you have others that think it's kind of hard to assess how much the company can generate with the asset sales and exits from the investments. A few people have also said it's not very clear who would buy these co-investments anyway. And a few people also commented that in their view, the only good part of the business is the mezzanine lending business and the other segments are not so profitable. So there's a bit of a concern over that. And then on top of that, you have some people saying there were changes in the management and shareholder structure, which they think doesn't inspire a lot of confidence. But I think we should also note that the situation is not black and white and some investors feel confident about the company's ability to sell assets, deleverage and then refinance. So there are no restructuring advisors involved at this point? No, this is too early at this point. It is still possible that the company executes the strategy, refinances and then repays the debt. However, if this does not work for some reason, some form of restructuring could become necessary. This sounds like quite a complex company and and a moving situation. Can you explain a bit more about how the company's business model works? Sure. So Core Estate is a real estate investment manager and co-investor. It has about 28 billion under management and that is mainly in Germany. 
So broadly speaking, you could say that there are three main segments of the business. The real estate equity investment segment, the real estate debt segment, and the other segment, which includes the remaining minor operations of the group, such as rental income and capital gain from its warehousing assets. So in the real estate equity investment segment, of course, that holds assets in funds and investment vehicles and charges fees to investors in these funds. The company also gets fees from property management, like collecting rents and things like that. And then there's the real estate debt business segment, where Core Estate charges fees to investors in its debt funds, as well as generating revenue from bridge loans into these funds, for which it receives interest. So one part of the debt business is the mezzanine lending business, which I mentioned earlier. And this operates under the brand HFS, or Helvetic Financial Services. Um, Coestate acquired this part of the business in 2017. And this segment consists of several funds called uh, Stratos. So Stratos 1, Stratos 2, and so on. And these funds give loans to early stage real estate developments. And it charges um, higher interest rates of between 10% up to 20%. So this is really early stage uh, real estate development. Um, sometimes there's not even planning permission in place. So it's generally more risky and that's why they can charge higher interest for that. Normally, um, the borrower of these loans would uh, repay this fairly quickly and refinance it if they can because it's relatively expensive for them. And in the past, some short sellers highlighted that it was a bit unclear how profitable these funds are. Um, other investors say that this is just a very good business and there should be quite few defaults on these loans because the German real estate market developed very favorably over the last few years. Um, but yeah, we have some doubts here. Core estate also acquired aggregate financial services recently, uh, which was completed in May, and it will enable the company to also offer other kinds of loans, so not just mezzanine lending, for example, senior and whole loans with uh, a smaller interest rate. And then uh, last but not least, Core Estate also sometimes acquires assets on its own balance sheet and holds it for a short period of time before it converts them into investment products. Uh, this is called warehousing. So we're not actually talking about warehouses here. Um, while the asset is on the balance sheet, it generates revenue from rent and could also appreciate in value before it's sold. And one warehousing asset, a shopping center in Gießen, with a value of about 65 million at the end of 2021, is important as some investors hope the group could use the sale proceeds from this asset to deliver the capital structure. Okay, so you mentioned that recent management changes are a concern for some investors. Is this why some people don't think the company can execute the strategy it communicated? And what is the issue with the shareholder charges? I think the changes, changes are just a part of the reason people have concerns. Um, one thing to note is maybe that uh, Mr. Norbert Ketterer who founded Helvetic Financial Services, so the mezzanine lending brand, sold almost all of his stake in Quasad late last year, which some people think will harm the business as relationships are seen as quite important in this segment. 
And uh, at roughly the same time, a new shareholder, Vestico, came in. And the new CFO um, is actually just starting on the 1st of August uh, and obviously hasn't had a chance to prove himself yet. And um, this was also pointed out by S&P recently that the company has missed uh, targets laid out in the business plan over the last year. So I think people want to see some proof that the company can deliver on the asset sales and exits from the investments and do the net debt reduction over the next half of the year. And I think if they deliver on these promises, uh, we could see bond levels recover again. Hi, Patrick. McLaren finally came to market to refinance its sterling and dollar 2022 senior secured notes, which came alongside a significant equity injection to support the refinancing. Can you tell us a little bit more about the transaction? Hey, Shan. Yes, that's spot on. So last week, McLaren announced a new 550 million equity investment from Aries Management and PIF, which committed 400 million of preference shares and warrants, while existing shareholders, including Montalacat, invested 150 million of convertible preference shares. The equity injection supported a repayment of McLaren's 150 million loan from the National Bank of Bahrain and came alongside 170 million of cash proceeds from the sale and leaseback of its Surrey headquarters to redeem its senior secured notes, repay and cancel its new RCF and fund cash on balance sheet. McLaren was a closely followed credit throughout COVID, with its senior secured notes trading in the high 50s due to a liquidity crunch. What are the key benefits of the deal and how does the capital structure and liquidity position compare pre and post refinancing? McLaren's new capital structure has two main benefits. First, the $374 million of net equity contribution will result in significantly stronger credit metrics, with net leverage on a pro forma basis declining from 6.8 times last 12 month adjusted EBITDA to 1.3 times. Secondly, the new 95 million super senior RCF, which is undrawn at issuance, alongside with 328 million of cash, will provide McLaren with 383 million of total available liquidity. The group's substantial liquidity addresses our previous concerns that McLaren's liquidity was insufficient given our expectation for severe volume contraction throughout COVID-19, negative working capital dynamics, and significant capex requirements. The note's price at 7.5%, which is slightly wider than the yield on Aston Martin's 10.5% senior secure notes due 2026 at 7.3%. How do the two credits compare? Both credits have burned significant amounts of capital throughout COVID-19, with both the company's shareholders also injecting significant sums of equity. Pro forma for the deal, McLaren will benefit from stronger credit metrics at net leverage at 1.3 times through its senior secured notes while Aston Martin is currently levered 7.6 times through its senior secured notes based on 2019 EBITDA. We think McLaren has a clearer track record for free cash generation, with Aston Martin having weaker average selling prices per unit, or ASP, whereas McLaren requires much less ASP expansion to generate free cash at normalised wholesale volumes. Crucially, Aston requires a much more substantial increase in ASPs and volumes in order to achieve their targeted revenue and EBITDA targets by 2024 or 2025. Okay, so as a standalone, what are the specific risks relating to McLaren's new senior secure notes? As was previously the case prior to the refinancing, the risks are mainly concerned with when McLaren will be able to generate free cash flow on a sustainable basis, which is a combination of both increasing ASPs and volumes, as well as managing CapEx. McLaren hopes to increase ASPs by making greater use of its customization options, as well as limiting dealer supply that was impacted by the pandemic. With respect to CapEx, the company invested around £250 million per year from 2018 to 2020 in product development, with total CapEx for 2021 till 2025 expected to decline to between £150 million and £200 million. 
while still elevated and will likely cause continued cash burn. The company's substantial liquidity position should support the group, with management estimating that current liquidity is sufficient for around 60 months under its current business plan. Thanks, Patrick. That's all we've got time for. We will be back in two weeks with our next Real Europe podcast. Thanks for listening. Thanks for listening.